Good morning. Wow, what a great crew I got here today. Pretty uh, pretty special opportunity for me and, and you too, Emily, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. We've a uh, special Veterans Day podcast, and we've got in the room with us here Gary Rollins, an excavator operator for us here in the company. And Gary, I guess uh, I understand you were the construction bat- battalion of the Navy, which is better known as the CBs. Yes, it was. I was yeah. in uh, NMCB-1, uh, stationed out of uh, Davisville, Rhode Island. Okay. Uh, we uh, would, with the CBs, you typically go out for eight months and in for six. So mm-hmm. I lucked out being, you know, stationed in Rhode Island my six months so I could come back to Maine whenever I wanted. Yeah, pretty close. All right, we'll get deeper into your story here in a few minutes. Thank you for coming into the Spacious Podcast Studio A with us. No problem. Also on the phone from... Uh, from Africa. We're so cool. From Africa. <laughs> uh, one of our foremen, Jeff Shock, who's uh, an active duty National Guard. And uh, Jeff, good morning or evening to you. Good morning. I understand. So tell us what time it is there. It is 19 here. 19. 19. That's like how much money I have left over <laughs> after Saturday night. <laughs> it's, it's 1900. <laughs> so that would be, what is that to us here? 7 p.m. 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. He's uh, not yeah, ready for bed just for you yet. Guys, yeah. eight, eight hours difference. Yep. You're traveling back in time to be here in, in the podcast with us. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, we're going to give Jeff Marsh a call, ring him in. And while we're ringing him, Jeff, I want to thank you for, t- for taking the time uh, in your evening over there to be on with us. Hello, Emily. Hello. It's not just Emily, it's the whole company. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Jeffrey, Everyone's here. Jeffrey, how are you? I have Gary Rollins in here with me. Uh, Emily and I do. And we have Jeff Shock, one of our foremen who's stationed over in Africa right now. But I want to welcome you on, Jeff Marsh, to be on our special Veterans Day podcast. And uh, understand that you uh, were staff, staff sergeant in the Air Force. Yes, sir, I was. And thank you for having me. Yeah, sure. Hi, we're Gary. Gonna- Hi, how you Hi, doing? Hi, Herb. Howdy. We're gonna get we're gonna drill into with you guys a little bit deeper in a couple minutes, and right now I'm just gonna go through the rest of the outline. Uh, after we have our interview with these three fine gentlemen, we're gonna go on to our safety topic with Cam Hagar. We've got a few shout-outs to go through. Gary's gonna help us out with those. Thank you, Gary. Uh, Price is right. The cost of making one three-eighths inch by thirty by thirty manhole cover plate. And the next week's is going to be exciting. It's the profit-sharing bonus. Woo! So that ought to get everybody revved up. <laughs> Apparently, we've got a question for Herb. I don't see these until the very minute they're read to me. Um, have a couple announcements. And I just do want to say we were low bidder on the following project. We rebid a project in Chesterfield, Virginia, airport stormwater. And we were low bidder on that project. So we've got some work coming our way. Yep, that estimating department let's, busy as always. Let's give Aaron a hand. So with that said, I want to make sure we we bring the gravity to this conversation that, that I really want. And this is really intended to be a recognition of of all the efforts, all the sacrifice that veterans have put in over the centuries for our company, for our country. And uh, we're just so pleased to have you three guys on with us. And uh, 
So I want to thank you for your service to the country and also for your service to the company. It really means a lot to all of us. Thank you. Thank you for that. So I'm going to start, Gary, with you. And just real quick, uh, you you already talked a little bit about your station in Rhode Island with the Seabees. When did you get involved in the construction business? Actually, I got involved with Chimbro uh, the summer between my junior and senior year. I actually working in uh, Pleasant Point on the Eastport. Oh, no kidding. My father was a foreman for Chimro. And I went there, and we worked there for, you know, we're doing new sewer and stuff, transite pipe. I remember cutting that with no oh, yeah. water. <laughs> All kinds of asbestos in the air. Yep. And that was that summer there. And then, because uh, after high school, I went in the military. Yep. It wasn't my plan to go in, but about 15 minutes after graduation, I got my draft notice. <laughs> well, there you go. So then you went. Yep. So I went in, and I didn't really, I, I decided I wanted to go in the Navy. So I went down to Harlow Street, and I walked in, and I talked to a recruiter, and he said, well, we have a three-year program going on here. I said, I'll take that. So I went off to Great Lakes, and boot camp was about over, and they were posting the orders up on the wall there, and. I hadn't gone up yet, and a couple guys come over and said, uh, how did you get in the CBs? I said, I don't know. I said, what's a CB? <laughs> <laughs> so it was because the CB is a construction battalion of the Navy. Yeah. So I went from there to uh, Gulfport, Mississippi, and doing, uh, doing their tests and stuff, you know, putting the round hole in the square peg and all that, <laughs> that they decided that I would be best as a UT. So anybody in the Navy knows what a UT is, and you're affectionately known as a turd chaser. <laughs> so wow, what a great name. It, it is, So tell us it? what UT is, though. Uh, utilities. Okay. So actually, I mean, I did, uh, I did plumbing. Uh, oh, there you f- go. First uh, uh, deployment was in Guam, and we were building new barracks, and we were actually tearing down the old World War II barracks. So plumbing back then, you know, this is 1971, was all galvanized. So you cut and you threaded and mm-hmm. you all that. You know what that's like. So, But uh, I gravitated more towards the AC and the refrigeration of it. So I, I did a lot of schooling on that. <clears throat> I learned that. So my next deployment, which was Road to Spain, I get to work in the galley. So I took care of the galley, and which besides refrigeration was... Anything in the galley, potato peelers I worked on. Hmm. And then we got home ported, and there was, was a lot of, they were doing cutbacks. So I actually got a six-month early out. Wow. I never intended to stay and, in the military. But. Yeah. And, and from there, you did you get in the construction business immediately? or yeah, Actually, I did refrigeration for a while. Okay. And then uh, I did that for a while, and then I did some carpenter work. And then I got talking with a good friend of mine, Billy Hathaway, who worked for yeah. Campbell Construction. Sure. Bill's a former employee here that passed away yeah. five, six years ago, I guess. Yeah. So I'd, uh, I worked for Campbell Construction. Yeah. And that's where I kind of been pretty steady. You kind of came over here after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that quick rundown. Got to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Shock, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you up here now. Can, can you just talk about where you are now and, and what it is you're doing? This is my uh, first appointment in my 12-year career. Oh. I'm in Eastern Africa, and we're basically pulling a security force um, mission. Um, 
throughout Eastern Africa. And so when you say security force, I don't know if you're at liberty to talk more about that. Can you? I, I honestly can't say much more. Okay. Um, I, but we we basically help out whatever country we're in and uh, aid however we can. What, what's a typical day look like for you there? Uh, we basically we have certain shifts and we have uh, like tower positions. Uh, we do patrols sometimes, um, entry control point stuff. Uh, and actually, surprisingly, being on an infantry deployment, I've used some construction equipment to uh, help aid uh, camp life. You mean they let you on the equipment? They did. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly excavator and grader. You've been working in Maine, too, and we're starting to get some cooler temperatures here, but that's not the case where you're at, right? No, it is constantly right around 100, and one of the countries we've been in gets up to 120 and 130. It's a dry heat, though, I'm sure. It is not. It is super humid. <laughs> I thought I'd try that. So is, if I if, if I recall correct, you've got a little one back here at home, correct? I have two. Two little ones. I lost track. I do. How do you maintain contact with them? Uh, we have fairly okay internet here, uh, and we can voice call and video call. Yeah? Cool. And yep. how, old, how old are they, Jeff? I have, uh, he's turning three in January, and then... Uh, one is like a year and a half. Okay. So um, I'll go back to the uh, same question I asked Gary. I, I know uh, you've been with us, I'm going to say, six, seven years now. Uh, how did you find your way into the construction business? I built, did a lot of building. Uh, vertical stuff. Like building homes with my father. Okay. <laughs> yeah, vertical stuff with my father. And then um, when I got to, up, up to Orono, I found out about you guys, and I definitely wanted to join. Did a summer internship and worked with Eric Clark at the uh, the Carthage Wind Project, and absolutely loved it. And um, Wynn hired me on that winter. Well, we're glad you loved it and glad you're with us, and and uh, really really proud of the work you're putting in. You know this this sacrifice you're making uh, in the military and. And just, can you talk a little bit about how you got involved in the military? Yeah, I, uh, when I was just graduating high school, I um, wanted to try something different out of my comfort zone. And I joined as a combat, combat engineer. And that's basically, um, we deal with explosives and obstacles and stuff like that. And I did that for 10 years. And uh, two years ago, around this time, I transferred over to Bravo Company and Brewer as an infantryman. Well, Jeff, thank you. I'm going to move on to Jeff Marsh now, who's uh, definitely who's down in our Mid Atlantic operation. He's our Mid Atlantic equipment manager, uh, longtime superintendent for the company. And Jeff, I believe uh, you were in the Air Force. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, sir. Talk a little bit about how you found your way into the military. Okay. Well, I uh, went to college for a year and found out that. I like to party more than I like to study, so I needed to change that. Oh, you were the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so I decided that I wanted to get out of Southwest Iowa and see some other places, and I uh, enlisted in the Air Force, and I was very, very fortunate. I got to go do some really cool things in some really neat places. The first two years 
I was stationed um, east of London, right along the North Sea at an air base. And then the second two years I was in, I was stationed out on the bombing range in Nevada. Um, two million acres of bombing range is what we were charged with um, taking care of. You had the nuclear test site and Area 51 and Tonopah test range and all that that was involved. So really got to see some cool stuff. You were right in the thick of things down well, not 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 in terms of, of battle, but you were in the thick of of a lot of things that were going on testing-wise. Yes. That's yep. cool. And then, yeah, it, it was very cool. I got to see aircraft from all over the world. Like UFO aircraft? Or... I mean, <laughs> you said Area 51, uh, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> no, never got to see that. But we got to see some really cool things. Um, so then um, my commanding officer that I was in England with, he called me because I only enlisted for four years. And um, he called me and he says, hey, he says, I got a proposition for you. I said, well, what's that, Colonel Bradley? And he says, we're going to go do an airfield in Egypt. And I'd really like you to come along. I'm... 23 years old, single, like, how long do I get to make the decision? He says, 10 minutes, call me back. He said, okay. It's funny how those so, life-changing events, they give you like <laughs> five minutes to work on the, the plan. <laughs> no doubt. So anyway, um, I made the decision to go ahead and extend my enlistment. That means I didn't have to re-enlist and, uh, Got to go to Egypt for eight months. Did a waterline project on the island of Crete at Iraqian Air Station for three months. And then um, my commander put myself and another guy named Scott Oberlander um, made us in-house inspectors. And we would go and inspect work that our squadron was putting in. Um, Gary said he worked for the Seabees. Well, the Air Force's equivalent of the Seabees is Red Horse. And um, that was what I was in when I extended my enlistment. Gary's, and, Gary's uh, shaking his head. They're not quite equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, really. there's always that. I'm just trying to extend a riot here. I'm trying to get you guys talking to each other. <laughs> so, anyhow. I'm actually working um, with a couple of Seabees right now. Yeah? Oh, Cool. So anyhow, um, that guy, myself, and uh, Scott, we were fortunate enough that in one year, the last year I was in, I was in 22 different countries. Whoa. It was amazing. Wow. Every two and a half mm. weeks, you're uh, on the move. Yep. Mm. Yep. It was, it was incredible. You should have been a rock star if you're going to move <laughs> around that much. Right. Well, that's. That's a great story. Very interesting. I didn't. I didn't realize that, that people moved around that much. Yep. So then, how in the world did you end up here? Well, I got out of the Air Force. I went to um, Las Vegas because I had some ties out there from the time that I spent out there. Went to work for an engineering firm because I had got my civil engineering degree when I was in the Air Force, and uh, worked for a kid's dad out there in Vegas for six weeks. Thought I was going to be a civil engineer, and from being born and raised on a farm and being outside of my life every day, and then going into a room and looking at plans and all that, it just 
didn't fit. That's different. So I went to this guy's, <laughs> I went to this guy's dad and I explained that to him and he says, Jeff, he says, I knew you'd never make it. He says, you had to find that out. So I packed up my truck, drove to Southern California and went to work for a earth moving firm that we moved lots and yeah. lots of dirt. Yeah, I'm familiar with that company, and I know you've told me in the past some of the experiences you've had there. Big, big, big scraper fleets and and a lot of dirt moving. Yes, sir. And it was really cool, and it's uncanny how much Larry Rasmussen and Herb Sargent are like. They care deeply about their people, and they give them any tool that they need to succeed, and that's yeah. it's a gift for me to be able to be part of that. Did he also have a big nose? <laughs> no. And a great sense of humor too, right? No, oh it's, my it's really not a good sense of humor either. <laughs> but we'll just, we'll just let it go there. All right, Gary, let's get back to you. So I'll just kind of finish up. Okay. So then Larry was going to retire and, um, Bernie, my wife and I, we wanted to leave California anyway. And her father was living in Virginia and we moved here and, and after a couple of years of working for a local guy, I was fortunate enough to be seen by Tim Foster and Jim Conley and hired on, and I've been here ever since. And we're glad you were. Glad you did get seen. Uh, so I, I just wanted to, one thing, it seems like all you guys are maybe taking things either from work to the military or experiences or ways to do things from military to your work. So I'm going to ask this question, uh, start with you, Gary. Uh, what from the military are, do you see yourself using at work uh, when you got done, or if anything? Uh, not so much from the military, but when we worked at Campbell Construction, was very, you know, it, her, I mean, Eddie was, make sure we had stuff to work with. Yep. Uh, yeah, biggest, I know we did, yeah. Biggest thing I learned from Eddie was attitude. Didn't care what kind of mood you was in when you come in the morning, that you would have a good attitude and, you know, speak to people and say good morning. And, and I learned a lot of that, you know, yep. working, working at Campbell. Yep. And you started here in what? 2001. Okay. Uh, at 2001, we were notified that Campbell was not going to start back up again. Yep. So I knew two people at HE, which was Scott and uh, Ricky Clement. Yep. So I give Scott a call, and he says, well, let me call you back. So he called me back. Scott Blanchard. Yes. And he called me back in about 10 minutes. He says, there's a guy named Louis Hebert that's waiting to talk to you. So he came up here, and we talked, and he says, uh, you'll have to meet with another guy tomorrow. So the next day, Donnie Keppel and I came up here, and we met with David Lakeman. And, of course, we were hired on. Yep. And, and my first job was in Northport with uh, Ray uh, Thompson and Andy Britt. All right. And go. And, and Scott Blanchard got you hired, and now you've been working with him and Gardner, The last couple right? of years, yeah. 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 20 years you've been. Yes. It goes by in a hurry, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was 20 years April, yeah. Wow. So, Jeff Shock, any, anything back and forth, like lessons you've learned either at work or in the military that, that transfer either way for you? Yeah, I think work ethic. Like, you know, we strive for production work ethic and safety and, you know, uh, in, in good leadership. And I think that um, both the Sergeant Corporation and uh, the military kind of um, bring that to the forefront and 
that's what I've been able to assimilate the most with. And our culture is very similar. Um, yeah. So it's really, I think it's fairly relatable. Yeah. Jeff Marsh. I think for me, Herb, um, one of the things that I brought was regimentation and that being that like in the pod meetings in the mornings, you know, I always did things very consistently. And I think that most of the guys that worked with me would say that, you know, I was pretty consistent in what I did during the day and how we approach things. Well, that consistency helps build a lot of trust when people, uh, you know, when they expect you to give them a behind the back pass, right. <laughs> and it actually comes or, and it's not at their feet or whatever. It's just knowing what to try to expect is pretty important. And that consist- consistency brings a lot to it. And I, I don't know firsthand, but I do know that the military is obviously very regimented. My dad was in the military for a few years and always he he always really had a, a really strong affinity with his time in the army, um, you know, all the way until he passed away about a year and a half ago. So really, uh, I think a lot of those things, and the reason I asked that question is because I think a lot of that regimentation from the military really applied back into his life uh, on a professional basis. Definitely. So this is the point where you guys get the microphone of the company, and I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to start with Jeff Shock. All right. Clear from clear from Africa. Yeah, uh, I just want to say, you know, uh, you guys, thank you guys so much for, you know, one, letting me serve my country, and two, um, letting me build it every day. It uh, it's awesome. It's uh, great to see, and I'm really proud to see what you guys have accomplished this year uh, while I'm not there, and. Um, can't wait to get back and, and help out. And one thing you can be sure of, Jeff, is while you're gone doing your thing, making your sacrifice for the company, there's people back here, uh, about 380 strong, that are that are making a difference in your value. Definitely. It. Gary? I would say if, uh, if you love this kind of work, this is the only place that you should be working. I mean, we have a good equipment, but more so the people that we work with are really great. And I've learned a lot when I came on from the older people who were here. Mm-hmm. And I try to pass that on. I mean, my work career is probably coming down to an end here pretty soon. I keep saying that, but, you know. Yeah, I'm, didn't you say that two years ago when I you did. still here? I did. I say one more year, but here I am. <laughs> you know, and I plan on another year. Well, we're always glad to have you, right? And, yeah. And, and uh, you know, to the extent that it's still – an uplifting thing for you to do. It is. You know, that's it, that's really the difference. It keeps me going and, yep. you know, get up every day and I don't mind traveling. So And and I know you know, you you bring value to people around. Even, like I said, Jeff Shock is over in Africa and you're bringing value to Jeff in ways that, you know, that are ma- manifested through the ESOP, but, yeah. but other ways too, just that, that he's got a good, strong company to come back to. Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Marsh. You got the microphone of the company. Okay. First off, I'd like to just really salute you, Jeff Shock. You're a long way from your family. Your family is just as much affected by what you're doing as you are. And I want to salute them too. And thank you so much for what you're doing. Next. Thank you for the support. You're welcome. The thing that I'd like to say to everyone is just be respectful of the time and the resources that we have at our disposal. 
by doing that, we're going to bring value to people from North Carolina, Virginia, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Maine. That's pretty cool. And it's really cool when you see just how much that stock price has gone up in a very short period of time, really. And always try to focus on the positive. Change the negative. Change the negative as much as you can because a positive attitude is going to bring positive results every time. And Gary, Gary, you spoke to that with Eddie Campbell, and I knew Eddie not well, but, uh, you know, just having that positive vibe around sure as hell beats not having it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, in the, in, in the, I know you guys did a lot of utility work, and, it, and it's not, you know, isolated to utility work. It's the same in the dirt work, landfill work, airport work. Most days don't go per plan. No, they don't. And, you no. know, it's, it's really the attitude that kind of gets you over the hump more so than it is a lot of times skill or knowledge or, or anything else. It's really the attitude of the, of the collected group. Yeah, we had a very good group there. You know, with like Billy Hathaway, Donnie Keppel, sure. yeah. Louis Doherty, uh, Jimmy Cameron, and yep. his son. Yep. So, a lot of great, a lot of great people, and and we enjoy a good population of those folks here. And just a really good point, Jeff, to just try to keep everything positive and and full speed ahead. With with that, Jeff and uh, Jeff. <laughs> I, I want to thank you both again for being on with me, and I echo Jeff Marsh's sentiments to you, Jeff Shock, uh, and and thank you for the sacrifice you're making, and and we'll make sure we get the bed warm for you when you get back here. Definitely, we really thank thank you for the support. All right, guys, we will catch up with you later. See ya. Thank you. Have a good day. And we're gonna we're gonna keep Gary right in here. He's gonna help us with shoutouts. But in the meantime, Cam Hagar snuck out of the woodwork. Per usual. Our safety director, per usual. He's so sneaky. Yeah. I could uh, see why he's so quiet. I wondered how we did that, but now yeah. I see. Yeah, now you know. <laughs> yeah. So welcome, Cam. Uh, you're going to talk about emergency planning, I understand. Yeah. Uh, we're going to touch on that today for our safety topic. Um, you know, we, we harp on planning. We talk about a lot in this podcast and just throughout Sergeant in general, um, but particularly emergency planning, right? What are we going to do if, you know, there's a fall or a weather event or somebody gets hurt, um, what have you. And emergency planning really starts at the pre-construction phase, right? Looking at the highest hazards that we have on a particular project and how we're going to um, plan for a potential emergency in, in those different situations. Um, you know, knowing where, who's trained on first aid on site, knowing where, you know, emergency rescue equipment is, um, setting up emergency rescue equipment, checking your IWAS stations, right, making sure that uh, they haven't expired, different things like that. Um, but like I said, it's, it starts at that pre-construction phase and coming up with plans for different scenarios for particularly the high hazard items that we have in a project, again, related to falls, confined space, um, how somebody's going to get rescued in those different situations. And then, you know, you said something, Herb, it, we can come up with these plans, but a lot of the times things change, right? So right. there may be something that comes up um, or something happens in, right then and there in that scenario where you want to come up with contingency plans. And I think a lot of that relates to the military too. 
And, and Gary, you can probably touch on that a little bit, but a lot of the times you guys will come up with plans, right? And then you'll have a contingency plan, like a plan A, B, and C, essentially, right? Yeah, and all of that, because it certainly changes as soon as you get out there. And so it takes, a, it takes a couple of days to get anything done. So, Right, so you want to come up with a plan, and then you want to have an alternate plan or a contingency plan just in case, right? Right. Um, but the key is is making sure we have a plan in place for an emergency. And I know Kim Ryan does a great job. Quick little shout-out before we get into the full shout-outs to Kim Ryan. Yeah. You know, putting together those packets of where the – uh, medical facilities are, who, you know, all the different contacts for emergencies and things like that, um, putting those together for all of our projects. And then again, all of our project teams out there um, looking at these high hazard tasks that we have and coming up with plans on how to address them. So that is my emergency preparation and planning. All righty. Thank you for coming in. And next we have shout outs. Yeah, we had a good batch of yeah, shout-outs nice, this nice week. Nice batch of shout-outs. It was awesome. And you didn't even have to go fishing for them. I didn't. Oh. Nope. They, reeled, they I, came I, right into me. I love that when they come in. It's, it's all organic, and they come rolling in. We got two pages of shout-outs. So I'm going to start it out here. From Steve Randall, a shout-out to Aaron Day for being a huge asset to the Box Conduit crew. He runs the gantry crane, skid steer, dump truck, and gets out and labors Always with a smile on his face, no matter what it's asked for, asked of him. That's a good shout-out. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, this one's from Sean Newton. Uh, shout-out to Derek Tuwerji for doing one heck of a job on the hover hole. He shows what it's like being a sergeant. Yeah, that's a great crew down there. I'm, sure. I'm anxious to get down and visit him again. All right, our next shout-out's from Gerald Grindle. He says, shout-out to Dakota, a.k.a. Rainmaker. He knows what every item on the job is doing. He is constantly asking what he can do to help. Makes my job so much easier. He is my hero. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> I like it. The Rainmaker. Yeah. Uh, the next one's from Kevin Gordon. Shout out to excavator operator Derek True for working at the Portland Back Cove West project. Derek shut his excavator down and jumped into the trench to mortar up a structure while laborers Ethan and Taylor worked on other tasks in the trench. I'm sure they appreciated the help. Thanks for being a great teammate, thinking of others, and being a sergeant. Very good one. Thank you, Kevin, for that. Tim Cole, big shout out to Superintendent John Madigan, a.k.a. Mad Dog. I'm surprised that's his nickname, aren't you guys? <laughs> Mad Dog. On the Lynchburg, Virginia job, he cooks on the grill every day for his crew for lunch. Wow. What? Wow, he's just setting new standards right? to be a superintendent. Morale and production is up huge. Always a good time working with John. Okay, I'm going to remember that, John. The next time I come down to visit, I'm yeah. expecting lunch. All right, our next shout-out, a couple of them here from Don Piper. He says, shout-out to Adam Ingersoll, great operator and great mentor. Shares his many years of knowledge and experience to help us young people. Also has a shout-out to Matt Chambers and Keith Wasson. They are always there to share their knowledge and talk about the safe way to do it. Great mentors. Good one, Don. Uh, Alex Hardy has a shout-out to Ryan McCullough. He has recently reached out to indicate he'd like to take the next step in progressing his career. So Ryan is currently running the subgrade and gravel crew at Bat Cove West. He does the time card, STAs, CELAs, and... Crew execution, look at it. Look at that. And quantities for the crew and is truly stepping up. Keep up the passion and good work, Ryan. So we got to... This is a especially heartwarming for me because uh, Ryan came... I think he was in our first year of our 
Sergeant Construction Academy, and we've got a number of those guys that were in that year and following years that are stepping into different positions in the company, which was always the plan. Uh, some foremen, some operators, some truck drivers, different uh, different positions. So uh, really, uh, really glad to see these guys moving ahead. Uh, this one's from uh, Bernard Lupini. Uh, shout out to the pipe crew at the Lynchburg Airport. Hunter Cole, Jake Little, Forrest Cantor, and Dante Holloman have stayed productive with a minimum crew. They managed to jump between items while still installing pipe. Another good one. Good work. Thank you, Bernard. James Burnett would like to give a shout out to Jeff Robbins. We're shorthanded Friday and I needed some dirt for grading, so Jeff ran rear dump and roller for me. Really appreciated it. We got her done. And uh, that's it's a, always a great crew when you're just trying to, like, a little bit more to get done to wrap out a day and, and everybody jumps in, pitches in to do whatever's needed. For sure, and it's great to see James Burnett up there. Just a quick little nudge for him, too. He is our November employee spotlight. So if you have a minute, go check out our website. I posted it on our social media pages, too. But James is definitely one of those people that stick out. Yep. Next he shout is. Out, Yep. Next shout-out is from Seth Fern. I'd like to give a shout-out to Aaron Smart. He taught me some good tricks of the trade and was always thinking of not only how to further production, but safety in the pipe trench. Always a joy to work with him. He here's to being rough and ragged and having fun getting there. Good one. like that. All right, our next one's from Adam Teenan to Doug Morrison. He says, thanks for taking the time all through last winter, spring, and summer for working through all the difficult scenarios on this project with me and helping me to develop a solid plan. I don't know how Doug finds the time for all of his other projects, but I sure do appreciate the time he has invested in this project and his continued support. Yeah, Doug's been drilled in, and it is kind of hard to figure out how he can put all the time in all these different projects, but great work. Just another shout-out from Adam uh, to Herb, Tasha, and Eric. Thank you for allowing us to think outside the box and for supporting our ideas and unconventional approach to this project. Oh, glad to help. Uh, from Adam also to Alex Hardy. Alex is very versatile, whether it be doing layout in the field, design on CAD, help with submittals, coordination with engineers, or even filling in for a foreman to run a crew if needed. Appreciate being able to count on him when I need help with just about any aspect of the project. And, and Alex has made himself a big-time Swiss Army knife out there. For sure. At that level. We had him on the podcast last week, so yeah. if you get a chance, go listen to it. Uh, and then Adam has another shout out to Jim Legacy, aka Frog. Uh, one day, Stephen Randall said to me, I'm not sure what Frog's title is on this job, but I sure am glad to have him here. And Adam says, I feel the same way. Uh, Jim does, uh, does not have a crew, but is basically acting as a general foreman to assist with whatever crew needs some extra help, mentoring and giving advice to younger foremen, planning work ahead for crews, setting up bypass and dewatering pumping, running for parts and materials, and so much more. Adam says, I just don't have to give him much direction because I think he knows what needs to be taken care of more than I do, but I sure do appreciate his willingness to help when I do ask for something. Jim, thank you for everything you do here to help the entire crew. Well, like another great shout out, and I can tell you, Adam took some time to uh, to put these together. Uh, really appreciate that, Adam. For sure. And then I have a shout out to Carrie Sheehan. Uh, I went into her office just needing something for the magazine, and I wasn't sure if she was the right person to talk to. But after about ten minutes, she did some math and some punching of numbers, worked her magic, and I walked out with everything I needed. She is a legit rock star. She is a legit rock star for sure. <laughs> and uh, t- we had her. 
on the podcast a year ago. It's probably time to get her on again we sometime should. soon. But I can tell you, um, this group here beside Tasha in this office, if if you try to get between them and what needs to be right for the field, they'll go through a, a, a block wall, a solid concrete wall. They will do anything for the field. That is for sure. So Great shout, shout out. outs. Thank you. Is this where we get the Johnny Guitar Watson music it coming is. in? It is. Time for The Price is Right. Uh, price is Right. The cost of making one 3-8 inch by 30 inch by 30 inch Manhole cover plate. The Fab Shop makes about 100 per year. And I'm going to say we got 15 guesses. Yep, that's about right. They range from Derek Truworthy at $1.12, I'm sorry, $112.56, up to Tim LaBelle, but in a number of $184 even. And uh, Matt Mills is at $148.84. The just, real number is, the real price is. Yeah, just barely over there. $147.03 is the correct price for one of those manhole covers. Wow. So, Tyler Waterfield is at $130. But Ken Thurlow is at $137.88. So and Ken, Ken is the closest without going over. Ken so Ken is wins, the winner. Ken wins one 3-8 inch by 30 by 30 manhole cover. I'm sure we I'm changing it up this week. Do we have some extras laying around the Well, apparently we can build 100 a year. We must have some laying around. (laughs) No, Ken, you're going to get the $50 gift certificate, like always. Exactly. uh, $50 in the Amazon, $50 to the Sergeant Store, or $50 Visa card to use for whatever you'd like. Congratulations. It It is telling here, though, that we... Spend fourteen thousand seven hundred dollars a year on pieces of square steel. Seriously, and it seems like there ought to be a stack of them out back every winter. But I, I never see any out there. I drive out back a lot because I want to keep an eye on what I can cabbage out of there, and <laughs> and I never see these out there. Maybe they stack them somewhere where I don't look. But anyways, um, next week. It's really exciting. And so this is profit-sharing bonus time. And uh, sorry, sorry, you're off, Gary. You don't get one. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you get one just the same as everybody else. Um, so we have our profit-sharing bonus. It comes out next week. And if you guess the bonus right on the money, you will get double the bonus. Okay. You heard it here, folks. If you guess it right on the money, you're double the bonus. Other than that, it's a $50 gift gift certificate okay. if you just win. Okay. And we're not going to give a hint. Yeah, Tasha. I think we've given enough hints yeah, already. No no hints. If people have been listening, they should know some idea what's going down. Yep. It's so exciting. This is my favorite. I can't wait to see all the different numbers that flood in this week. So any anybody that was here last year for a full year should should have a rough idea what was last year. They may have to go back in their pay stubs. 
but uh, that, that's kind of a hint, isn't it? It is, but it's a hint that people should have already known about. Yeah, so right. we won't count it as a hint. Okay. So I can finish out the week? Yeah. We'll let you finish <laughs> out the week. All right. I thought he was a boss. <laughs> Sometimes. You're going to let yourself finish the week, Herb? <laughs> this is, this is a, it says anonymous, but I know who this question is from. Okay. The question is, if we had unlimited money and resources, what are a few things we would do slash purchase as a company? This, Tasha gave me this. This is from Tasha. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> she wants me running around to thinking that we've got unlimited money and resources. Oh, is that what that yeah. is? I, yeah. I highly doubt that yeah. that is what no. she is saying. <laughs> okay. So if we had unlimited money and resources, what are a few things we would do purchase as a company? That's kind of a tough one um, because I don't make all the decisions. <laughs> Hopefully that's clear. Um, but what I would lobby for is is a way to deliver investment in our people in a way that really um, that really catches hold with them and and that we can we could uh, I guess accelerate the movement of people and and you know their their growth in the company not necessarily from position to position but also inside a position um, you know, accelerate growth and, and ability and bring value and, and have them find ways that they could bring value to other people. And if we could, if we could just make that all happen, I really, you know, we can buy all kinds of equipment, um, you know, and we could buy quarries and gravel pits and all that sort of stuff, but that stuff, none of that gets done without people. So right. that's, I, I kind of dodged the question, but <laughs> That's all you're getting out of me. All right. It sounds like a, it sounds like an answer, at least. So you got some announcements? I do. Okay. So just a reminder, we've been saying this on the past couple of podcasts, um, but we're part of the way through November now, about almost about halfway there. So wellness incentives have been extended until the end of November. So you about have about half of the month left. Lots of money on the table for your HSA. If you need help. Or the health savings account. Exactly. If you need help. Make sure you reach out to Amy Soames, A-S-O-M-E-S at sergeant.us, and she'll help help you get that money. Okay. Uh, and then Tasha wanted me to let everyone know that the vendor is expecting to ship those ESOP jackets that, um, that were given out for free during National ESOP Month um, on or around November 17th. So we'll continue to share some updates as to when those jackets actually ship, but... November 17th is when it looks like they're Hopefully headed our way. they'll be there by Thanksgiving. I right. Hope. Yeah, but that'd be great. We can't make any guarantees. We're doing the best we can. It's a weird, it's a weird world out there trying to get anything shipped. <laughs> Seriously. Right so I have one announcement, and, and I want to give credit where it's due because I did get a text already today thanking me for this. But we are going to take the day before Thanksgiving off, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and... That is a rare paid day off that we're going to extend everybody. Um, and Eric put it about right in his email that uh, there's everybody's been really on fire here, uh, getting work done. It's just been an incredible thing to watch. Uh, I think there's a lot of stressors out there that we haven't had in a typical year, labor shortages, delays in deliveries, as we just talked about all kinds of different things, uh, long days, 
and so Eric came up with this idea that he would like to give everybody a paid day off so that they can have some extra time to spend with their family or in the woods or both, uh, whatever it is they want to do, but an extra day to plan. So we're going to take the Wednesday before Thanksgiving off, and that's a paid holiday. And uh, Eric brought the idea to Tasha and me, and and it, it wasn't a tough sell, but uh, Eric's the guy to thank for that. So that was my response to the guy that texted me and said thanks, and I said, you're welcome, but thank Eric. So with that said... We're going to have a five-day weekend. Yeah, it's going to be great. I, I think, obviously, a lot of people have been working hard, so hopefully they get out and do something they enjoy. So we're in the home stretch here now, as we always are in November, trying to get things buttoned up. And really just uh, I'm amazed at how, how, how well we're executing, how well things are going. Uh, financially, things are, are as good as they've ever been. There's another hint. Yeah, uh, and uh, just just on that note, Tasha and Eric will be on the podcast with us next week uh, to talk about a lot of that stuff. Yep. So we'll have an update on on the season, how everything's going. Okay, that wraps up this podcast, with the exception of one thing: zero accidents. Zero accidents. Zero accidents. Thank you, Gary. Right on time. <laughs> zero accidents. Where are you bringing value today? 